Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor David Verdecchio. If you'd like to find more information about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com. What's the word of the year? Much better. Activation. Activation. Right, you're going to be hearing a lot about activation this year. This is something that God really laid on our hearts. And so it's something that we have to begin to produce and to do. So, you know, there's, there's many different things that go with activation. Corporately, of course, we're activating. We're, we're doing some things in the natural. We're believing for some things in the spirit. But in your personal life, what are you looking to activate in your life this year? You need to come up with something if you don't have it. And then what you need to do is you need to begin to focus on it. You need to begin to work on it. You need to begin to press and push on it. Because activation only happens after you act. You know, so many times in Christianity, we have the mentality of, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. And, and you know, I guess God's personality might be a little bit like mine because he made me. But I think sometimes God's sitting up in heaven going, really, you're waiting on me? Because the Bible, everything it says we can do, we can do. I'll say it again. Everything the Bible says that we can do, we can do. Everything it says we can have, we can have. If we believe and we begin to step beyond where we're at today. See, the hardest part about activation is actually doing what we're wanting to activate. I'm I'm not preaching on activation, I'm preaching on the first letter. So, you remember we did the the letters of activation, right? The first one was um, aspiration, right? The C is commission, T is timing, I is initiative, V is vision, A is action, T is treasure, I is innovation, O is order, and N is new. Today, I'm going to be preaching on aspiration aspiration. You really can't have activation separate from aspiration. I had to practice saying that because it's a lot. You cannot have activation without having aspiration. Am I right? Okay, so aspiration. Aspiration in the dictionary is a strong desire to achieve something high or great. If you aspire to something, it's a strong desire to be able to achieve something. Okay? Anything God calls you to do requires aspiration. It doesn't matter what it is. An example. If you're a father then part of the calling of God on your life is to be a father to your children. That that doesn't stop when when you make the child. That's not a father. That's that's a donor. Okay. But if you're going to be, if you're going to be 
a father. Because God calls men that have children to be fathers. If you're going to be a father, it's going to take some aspiration. It's going to take some work in believing, in speaking, in, in changing, in doing things you don't want to do, in, 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 in acting and, and, and causing yourself to begin to step out in areas that aren't comfortable. See, being a father has a whole lot more to do than just going to work and say, well, I provided. That's a good thing. You're supposed to provide. Right? The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. But it's more than that to be a father. And it takes aspiration. If you desire to do something great, we live in a society that is lacking fathers. It takes aspiration to be a father because it's difficult to be a father. To be what the Bible talks about. To be an inspiration. To be an example of what God the Father is to your children. So many times it's easy for fathers to, you know, stop going to church. Why? I work all week. You work too, don't you? You go to school, that's work. You still come to church. So why is there so many men don't go to church? There's an assault against men and they buy into it for them to be a bad example of God the Father to their children. And so they... Instead of portraying what God the Father is, a God of love, a God of discipline, a God that cares and is there, instead of being those things, they just, ah, yeah. we wonder why our children don't serve God. We don't have fathers that serve God the way they're supposed to. See, aspiration means dreaming big. It used to be in America, you know, the American dream. And, 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 and I get that, but we have to, as Christians, aspire or dream to be what God wants us to be. It doesn't come naturally. See, aspiration is something that takes you beyond the natural into the supernatural. Right? God told Noah, build an ark. It had never rained. We know rain. We understand what happened. We look in retrospect. But can you imagine Noah's neighbors? What you doing, Noah? Building an ark. What's an ark? It's going to float when the world floods. The world's going to flood. Yep, God said the whole thing's going to flood, but I'm going to be safe. You are? Yeah, I'm getting in the ark. And not only me, I'm bringing... All the animals in there with me. You are? But thank God, Noah had some aspiration to do what God told him to do. Thank God. Right? God gave Joseph a dream. He said, this is what's going to happen. And, and, and it got him in trouble with his brothers. Got him in trouble with his father. Got him thrown into prison. All kinds of things happened to Joseph. But he never lost the dream. See, he still had aspiration to be what God had called him to be in the midst of difficulties. See, aspiration crosses the, it's like the bridge that goes over troubled waters. It doesn't mean the troubled waters aren't there. And it doesn't mean that the troubled waters aren't scary and difficult. But what it does is it causes you to move beyond that to the other side. Aspiration doesn't happen when things are going well.
It gets you through when things are going bad. The prophet told the shepherd, you're going to be the king. Can you imagine David? He was the least in his own family, and his family was not a well-known, well-respected family. And yet the prophet came looking for David and said, you're going to be king. Now, imagine the conversation at the dinner table that night. Well, God called me. I mean, how, how many here are older brothers of younger brothers? You're not an older brother. No. I'm going to say, I'm going to have to get over there and do some, do some work. <laughs> right? But I, my family was five boys. Right? I'm, I'm number two. So I had three younger brothers. And, and we weren't Christian. We were, well, you know, anyway, we were a little religious. But, you know, my job was to tease the younger ones. I used to take my one brother, you know, back in the day we had TVs, of course, but they, they weren't like they are today, right? You didn't have the little clickers remote thingy, right? That, that didn't exist back in the day, right? And so you had to get up and turn the channel. Then you had like five choices. And, and, and I remember my one little brother, I won't name him, but he, he, he would always, I want to watch this. Or no, I remember what it was. I'd walk into the room and I'd go, click. <laughs> and he'd get mad at me. But he was littler than me. And so he'd go back and try and change it. And I'd grab him around the waist. And I'd, I'd let him get just close enough where he couldn't quite get to it. David's older brothers were older brothers. I don't think they were happy that day. I don't, I don't think around the dinner table they were serving the fatted calf and saying, Woohoo! But yet David did what had to be done. See, when he was given a word, he aspired to what that word said. And he had to walk through all kinds of crazy times in order to get to that place. Aspiration is what gets you through. Jesus told, told, the, told the disciples, you know, you guys are going to change the world. I don't think it came out the way they thought it would. They're not complaining, but they all died martyrs' deaths. Now, that is not a life goal of mine. I'm not looking to be skinned alive. Doesn't sound like fun. Right? What was it, Thomas, I think, that ended up in India or somewhere where he was speared through? Right? John, the Apostle John, you know, he was boiled in oil and left to rot on the island of Patmos. I mean, these guys, Peter was crucified upside down. That's not one of my goals. And yet these guys aspired to change the world, and they did. See, the ability to accomplish the things that you are aspiring to requires three things. Number one, he had to give them authority to do it. See, your aspirations have to be birthed in, in, and when I say reality, I mean God's reality. All right, now what do I mean by that? If I went to Aaron, because Aaron is a vocal coach, and said, Aaron, God has called me to be the next Pavarotti. 
He was an opera singer, for those that you don't know. A really good one. Tenor, I believe. It doesn't matter how much I aspire to be Pavarotti. Because I'll be living in poverty. Because I don't have the gifts. I don't have the ability. I don't, I don't have the things that are there. So you have to understand, you have to get what God is wanting you to be. Now, God can call you to be something that doesn't make sense to you, and he'll gift you. But it's got to come from him. Does that make sense? All right, all right. Like David had no ability to become king. But God told the prophet, go anoint him. And therefore, it was there. So calling is something that's so important. You know it in your gut. See, when you get aspiration, you begin to have this, this thing inside that begins to drive you, even when you don't want to be driven, even when you don't see how it's going to come to pass, that there's something in there that won't let the dream die, that just wants to hold on no matter how difficult things get. It doesn't mean that you don't give up. I can't. How many times have we given up? 718. She kept record. I was going to say like 10. <laughs> but there's something in it that, that, that dream. You want to kill it sometimes. I'll be honest with you. Because when you, when you see what God wants to do and you try and put that thing down, You know how many singers there are that are popular today that are really called to sing the gospel? And many of them, their life's a train wreck because they won't answer the call. See, the gifts are there, but they avoid the call of God. And their aspirations got them fame, but God didn't want them necessarily to have fame. God wanted them to sing for that, for him. So it takes calling. It takes calling. What has God called you to do? Only you can answer that. Prophets can, can tell things and can do different things, but somewhere in there you have to respond to a call of God. You have to answer to a call. You, have to, you will never activate and you will never aspire to anything until you begin to activate that thing and say, God, here am I. When God says, I need somebody to do this, God, I'm your man. I need somebody to step out in this area. Okay, I'm going to do that. Whatever area it may be, you have to actually answer the call. And under answering the call, you have to understand timing. Timing is so important. It's quiet in here. Timing is so important. I can't tell you how many people come up to me and go, Pastor, I've got the call of God. I'm a prophet. Well, that's okay. And it very well may be true. And many times you recognize the gift. And you go, oh, you got a gift. I see that. So I'm going to go do it today. All right, well, you know, if, if, you, if you want to come back after a year or so when you're beat up, we'll wrap bandages on you and help you. Because when you try and do before the right time, all you do is get beat up. Right? Was John called to be an apostle? I'll ask again. Was John called to be an apostle? No. John the apostle was called to be an apostle. 
<laughs> That's a good question. Right? Was Peter called to be an apostle? Was Tim, uh, Timothy? Was, well, he was too, but I'm not going there yet. Right? But Thomas, was he called to be an apostle? Right? They were called to be apostles. But when Jesus was on earth, were they apostles? Were they not fulfilling the call? It was the time. Never despise timing of God. Never, we can get frustrated, and I understand frustration with God's timing, but you can't allow it to stop you, and you have to get all you can out of the time. See, there has to be an authority that's given in order for you to begin to aspire to fulfill the call of God. Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He didn't say this when he met them. He said it after the resurrection. What he did is he took them and said, I'm now going to tell you this is the time for you to go do this. I'm going to give you the authority to do what I'm telling you to do. Does that make sense? So if you're going to have aspirations in your life, you better get that from God. Whether it's to be a businessman or woman. Whether it's to be, uh, like I said, a father, a good mother, that one's a requirement. If you, if you produced them, you got to take care of them. But you have to have some aspiration and get it from God. Okay? You can't say, boy, my examples are from the Northeast and some of those weren't good. We, we had, we had a, a, a woman in the church that aspired to be something that she couldn't be. We had to say, that's not God. But I earned good money. That's not God. She was a stripper. She said, you got to stop it. Because I tithed. Stop that. Right? You got to get it from God. We had another guy who was a drug dealer. I said, you can't do that. But that's how I support my family. No! <laughs> True stories. <laughs> so you've got to have authority. And authority comes from the Word of God. God can begin to speak something. Just because you desire something doesn't mean you should aspire to it. You've got to get it from God. All right, number two. After he gave them the command, he gave them the power to do it. Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He gave them the power, the ability to accomplish the calling. Sometimes we're trying to get the stuff before we get the calling. When you get the calling, it's almost like you can begin to step in and he begins to do it. Right? I know someone that's writing a book on uh, praying in tongues is normal. She's a pretty good author from what I hear. But, but that power and that calling, when you begin to pray in tongues, why is it so important to pray in tongues? We say it all the time, why you pray in tongues? People come into the church, how are you doing? Are you born again? Yeah, I'm born again. You filled with the Holy Ghost? No, yes, whatever it is. Okay, if it's no, we go, okay, well, let's get filled. Why? Because we recognize the power that comes when you pray in the Spirit. That there's something about, I'm not just talking about the kind of power that for healing and those things, are, we need those too, but it's that power on the inside that when you release the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, that doesn't mean he's number three in power. 
But when you release the third part of the Trinity in your life, you begin to pray in tongues. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were saying about praying in tongues. And I'll tell you, every time I pray in tongues when I'm preaching, I feel the Holy Ghost just that fast. I don't always feel that in my own life. Sometimes I've got to pray for a while. But anyway, what are you doing? Inside, you're activating, and the Holy Spirit is beginning to go to work on your life and inside your soul and beginning to do what it takes to cause the uh, calling to come to pass. He begins to work. Why is timing so important? Because until you're ready, it just doesn't work on the inside of you. But when you're praying in tongues, if, if you're called, if you want to activate the gifts of God in your life, if you want to aspire to be someone, you have have to begin to pray in tongues. You have to begin to give yourself to praying in the Spirit, to allowing the Spirit to pray through you the perfect will of God, because the Holy Spirit begins to go on the inside and begins to work and churn and turn something, and, and all of a sudden, He'll begin to cause you to, to, to not desire some of those things anymore and to begin to change. He wants to get in there and deal with the hard things that it doesn't seem like you're able to overcome. The Holy Spirit is the key to activating the things of God on the inside because it, it changes you on the inside. It causes you to begin to be moved into a different place. Now I can tell you this about praying in tongues. When you start to do it enough, you'll not want to do it anymore. Because the Holy Ghost begins to get uncomfortable on the inside when He starts to bring conviction into your life. It's kind of like you're, you're praying in the natural. Oh, Father, bless me. Father, bless me. I, 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 God, I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. And you're praying in the Spirit, and the Spirit says, Okay, I'm going to put you in the place where you can be blessed and keep it. And he begins to deal with greed, and he begins to deal with the lust of the things in the world, and he begins to, to deal with the, the, the flesh that causes you to, to want to spend when you don't need to spend. See, God works on those things before he gives you money, because if he gives you money, you're just going to spend it all. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, so it's the same thing. If God's calling you to some form of ministry, you begin to pray in the Spirit, and the Holy Ghost will go on the inside, and He'll begin to move through you, and you go, and the Holy Spirit begins to go, you know that person that you don't like? It's time to fix that. Well, God, I'll fix it as soon as they get fixed. I'm not talking about them getting fixed. I'm talking about you getting fixed. I told my wife on the way to church, I felt like all of a sudden we were driving along. We were talking about something. I don't even know what it was. And all of a sudden, it was like I had this vision. And people, I said, you know what? I could take a group of people to Africa. We could go to Malawi. We could go to Rwanda. We'd go to these different places and, 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 and take these children and take people that are in these villages and they're difficult and they don't wear shoes and everything's dirty and dust and, 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 and hard and all those kind of things. And I could say, we're going to have a foot washing service. And I can guarantee you that the people that I bring would go, Pastor, that's a great idea. Let's do it. We could set up in a village under a little thatch roof and we could set up and we'd have to have a lot of water because you couldn't use them on multiples. They wouldn't be clean anymore. Because I'm telling you, they, they just it's a whole other level of dirt that's there. And, and, and people would be excited about washing their feet. And you know what? It's easy to wash the feet of people you don't know, even if they're really dirty. But can you wash the feet of the one that you're around every week that just grades you? that irritates you, that when they open their mouth, it just makes you want to cringe. 
that when they stand up in service and say, God blessed me that you just want to cuss. Can you wash their feet? Because that's really what Jesus was dealing with. And when you pray in tongues, those things on the inside, God begins to deal with you. It's time to change those things. Because I'll be honest with you, this year we're believing God at, at New Destiny so that more people will be saved than we've ever seen in the history of this church. We're believing God that people are going to get saved. But how does that happen? happens because you begin to care about people more than you care about yourself. Because you begin to reach out to the hurting. You begin to reach out. And the hard part is when they come into the church, if they don't change as fast as you think they should, can you love them? If they don't act the way that you think they should be acting, can you wash their feet? Can you serve them in that kind of a humble manner? Preferring them over yourself. That's where revival comes in. That's where revival takes place. See, in order for us to be able to reach the people that we're looking to reach, we have to, as pastors, do what it takes to position you in a place where you can be effective in the gospel. But prior to that, you have to activate the gifts of God in your life. It's kind of like, I could put you on the drums if that's where God wants you. But until you activate the gift and learn how to play drums, it would sound kind of nasty. And so that's why I said, what are you looking to activate in your life today? In this year, what are you looking to activate in your life? What are you believing God to do? What is it that you're currently not doing? What gifting is it? What calling is it? What desire is it? Is it towards missions? Is it towards, towards maybe playing an instrument? We need, we need people to learn instruments. Amen. And learn how to sing. Why don't you do it? Yes. We, we, we need people that will begin to do it or people that will activate the gift. I could, I could give you a list of things that we need. We, we, we need some, some people that will begin to do things like the advertisements and stuff like that and, and, and get this social media presence to where I don't, I don't have to, you know. Guys, I'm 58 years old. I don't think in the terms of social media all the time. Pastor, I'll put up whatever you want me to put up. That, that doesn't work. I need some young people that go, oh, man, I know what works, Pastor. I know what will work. Let's do this. Let's do that. Oh, that's a great idea. And then they go, and I'll do it. Oh, praise God, that's a gift. <laughs> but you have to activate the gifts in you so that we can then position you to be effective on a larger level. That's, that's the way that it works. Okay. Drop down to verse number 14, right? So we're in uh, Acts 2, 14. It says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them. So here they're, they're, they're at Acts chapter 2, 
right? They're in the upper room. They're waiting. God said, wait. They waited. There you get into timing again. God said, this is where I want you to go. That's where they went. You got positioning. And so they went there. They're waiting. The Holy Spirit falls, falls on each one of them. Clothes, divided tongues. They begin to, to pray in the Spirit. They begin to pray in other languages. In verse number 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judah, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, uh, my King James and New King James are getting confused. I was going to say saith God, sorry. Uh, yeah. Says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. What happened that day? God said, I gave you the command that you had to go. I gave you the authority. Then I gave you the power. And that day, Peter stood up and he began to prophesy. He began to speak the word. There was an unction. When, when Peter in verse number 17, said those words. He wasn't saying them from his brain. That was a spirit move. That was God moving in his spirit. And he spoke those words, and when he spoke them, power was released. See, what we're looking for is power to be released. When I talk about activation, I'm talking about activating something beyond yourself, released, released by the Spirit of God. And he activate, you have to activate something on the inside that the Spirit of God begins to move. Once again, why is it so important to pray in tongues? Because you have to begin to know and sense what the Spirit of God is saying. And when you allow that gift to flow, when you just pray in tongues and allow the, the presence of God and the movement of God, you start to understand how he moves, what he wants to say, what he sounds like, right? I know my wife. Why? I've been with her for more than a few years. I know her. I can, I can predict what she wants. I know where she's going. I know what's going on. And so the same thing is true of the Holy Spirit. When you speak in tongues and when you're praying and you just spend time in the presence of the Holy Spirit what happens is you begin to know who he is that when the time becomes ripe that when all of a sudden you find yourself in the right place at the right time that when you speak it is a spirit that comes and you begin to speak out what the spirit says and God begins to move and people begin to respond we're going to be doing an, uh, an event out on the front lawn. We're going to uh, believe in God to, to draw a bunch of people and those kind of things. And when we do that, it's coming up at the end of March. And when we do that, we're believing God to move, but we're spending time now in the spirit, praying, believing God. Why? Because all those things work together. See, if God's, go God's going to do what God needs to do, it's going to be because we step out. Number three. So the first one was they had authority. God gave them authority, told them to do it. Second one is he gave them the, par, uh, the power to do it. Number three. This, this is the complicated one. Are you ready? They did it. <laughs> now here's a true statement. This is the one that stops people more than the other two. This one right here. This is the one that we all get hung up on. Because I can't tell you how many people that I know that God called them. God's given them the authority and God gave them the power. But they just don't. And we always fill in all the reasons why. I've been there. I've done the same thing. I get it. God's called me to more than I'm doing right now. I'm trying to activate that stuff and begin to do it. But it's, 
we, we have all the list of reasons why. You have to actually do it. You have to do it. Nobody can do it for you. It's kind of like praying in tongues. We pray for people to, 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 to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, in their head, they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to begin to move their lips. doesn't work that way. You have to do it. So what are you looking to activate that this year? What do you have aspirations to acquire and to attain this year? You have to do it. You have to do it. Nobody can do it for you. No amount of prayer can overcome this step. Acts chapter number 17, verse number 2. It says, then Paul, as was his custom, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures. Right? So Paul, blinded, knocked down on the ground, Gets led over to the house, they pray for him, his eyes open, call of God comes on him, all those things happen. And what Paul had to do was begin to do what the word of God said. He had to do what God said. And then in verse number three, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded became envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason, sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Would to God that this scripture would be said about new destiny. These who have set the world on fire, turned the world upside down, have come here today. That takes action. Paul had to go against opposition. When you're called, not everybody's happy. Sorry to inform you of that. When you begin to aspire and say, this is what God's called, not everybody's going to cheer and go, that's great. You're going to have a lot of them are going to go, well, Paul's gotten in front of himself again. Who you think you are? What gives you the right? What makes you think? All these things begin to sprout up. And most of us step back. But in this season, what God's saying is it's time to step in to the opposition. We live in an aggressive territory. Delaware County is, is just this whole region is kind of an aggressive area, right? I mean, people in this area, if they don't like you, they don't hesitate to tell you in some form or fashion. It's an aggressive area. I love that. 
And I'm not the most aggressive person in the world, but I love that. You know why? Because you can be aggressive back. You know, I, I can't tell you how many people I've gone up to and say, you know, Jesus loves you. But you can growl back. No, he really does. <laughs> have a good day. But you have to begin to do it. We want to get people saved. How many people want to get more people saved this year than you ever have before? Okay, that's enough. That, that's enough people to do it. So here's your assignment for the week. Tell at least 10 people the gospel this week. 10 people. You got seven days to do it. Tell 10 people. You don't have to preach a four-point sermon. You don't have to walk them through the Romans road. Just tell them what Jesus did in your life. That's all I want you to do. I don't even care if you use scripture. You tell them what Jesus did for you. It's your testimony. It's the greatest thing that you have. Tell them what Jesus did for you. Ten people. How many are willing to do that this week? A little less hands, but that's okay. I'll take it. Tell ten people what Jesus did in your life this week. They can be family members. but Make it real. They can be people that you work with. They can be Wawa employees. They can be whoever you want it to be. But tell ten people. Just walk up and say, you know, when I was 21 years old, I'd graduated college, I'd done everything, and there was a hopelessness and a lostness inside of me. I didn't know. It's like I, I had everything that I thought I wanted to have, and yet there was an emptiness. And one day somebody told me about Jesus. Oh, I'll never forget the day I answered that call and said, Jesus, become Lord of my life. Since that day, on that altar in Lakewood, Colorado, everything changed in my life. Jesus is so good. Don't you want to know him? And that power that comes from just a true testimony, whatever it is, maybe there was a sickness that was on you and somebody prayed. Oh, I want to tell you, I had scoliosis in my back. I couldn't stand up straight my whole life. And God touched me one day. He's such a good God. Bound by drugs, bound by pornography, bound by whatever it is. And Jesus set me free. If you'll just do that, 10 people, 10 people, it'll be amazing what God will do. And I tell them, come to church with me. Action. See, if you're going to activate something, you have to action. If you're going to activate something, you have to have action. You have to do it. Aspiration is never achieved until action takes place. When the door opens, move. These are simple things to hear, hard things to do. When the door opens, move. Be, sometimes in society, we're quick to talk and slow to move. We need to flip that around. Do what's in front of you today. Do what's in front of you today, and it'll lead to you acquiring what you're trying to aspire to. Does that make sense? So today, the word is aspiration. Do it. Do it, the, do it this week. Do something this week. Step beyond yourself. 
if you believe you're called to be Aaron's replacement on the keyboards, buy a keyboard. Buy a keyboard and take lessons. Do something towards your call. If you're called to be a preacher and you have enough word to go, come to me. We'll find a nursing home. You can go to preach to elderly people that would love to have somebody just come and love them and share the word. Well, pastor, what are they going to do? Oh, you'll bless them. You'll learn so much about ministry. All right, so study ahead. Look into it. What is commissioning? What does it mean? What do they do in the Bible? How do they do it? It's going to be fun. I can't, I can't wait to see what God's going to do in 2022. I'm telling you, I am so excited because I want to see what he does in you. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around for just a minute. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. You've never given your life to Jesus. Today, he's dealing with you about becoming a Christian. About giving your life to him. Making him Lord of your life. You're here and you're not saved, but you want to be today. You put up your hand. Just put it up in the air and put it right back down so I can pray for you. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor David Verdecchio of New Destiny Christian Center. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com.